Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. We get to talk about, uh, uh, I don't know what number on our favorite list of things. It's in the top three. It is the top three. Yes. Missionaries, music, and food. Missionaries, music, and food. Yeah. Yeah, we get to talk about the music of Bach today. All good gifts of God. Missionaries, music, and food. But they are. And Bach is included Bach. in that. Bach that is it. definitely included <laughs> in that. Uh, and, and this is one of my my favorite music things to talk about because it's a, it's a uh, concert that I get to perform in. Which is super cool, and everyone should come. <laughs> super cool. It's super cool. That should convince everybody. <laughs> uh, joining us in studio, Dr. Maurice Boyer, music director of the American Contrai, uh, all the way from Chicago. Welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for being here with us today during our uh, prep week, week before the concert. Gets a little uh, little busy with all of these rehearsals. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then, so, uh, this first question I know is a big one, and we could probably talk for. I don't, ten hours about this, but but why why sing the music of Bach? That is a very big question. <laughs> um, well, I think the for, I'll just start uh, from a personal level. Yeah. Uh, for me, the music is uh, well, it's some of the most insightful music there is out there, um, both at the theological level. I mm -hmm. think um, in terms of the understanding that Bach has of theology and how he translates that into music. Mm -hmm. But also at the human level, I think it's music that really uh, uh, it delves deeply, I think, into the human condition um, and, uh, and translates that also again in, out into sound in ways that uh, register with, uh, with people, you know, with, with a broad a variety of people from different walks of life, I think. It, at least it has that potential. There's <laughs> uh, a universal quality to the music. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And it's, it's also, that would be one thing. I mean, it's also for um, um, for us Lutherans or for anyone who is uh, of that heritage. It's, you know, it's, it's this is core repertoire. This mm -hmm. is part of the identity. Um, also because it's, uh, um, not only because he was a Lutheran composer, but he, it's, this was music that was designed for the liturgy. It had a very specific function within the liturgy. Mm -hmm. He also sets chorale melodies, which are a central part of the, um, of the tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, so those would be a couple of ways, or a few ways, in, in which I would find them, the, this music significant. The upcoming presentation of Bach's cantatas 1747 and 95 which are taking place on March 17th, Sunday, March 17th, at St. Paul Lutheran Church in De Pere, uh, is, is titled, Christ Who Is My Life. Tell us more about this title. Uh, well, the title comes from one of the cantatas. Cantata 95 has that very title. I mean, it's, in German, it's Christus, der ist mein Leben. I mean, you could, could translate it another way. You could just simplify it and say, Christ is my life. It could be either way. But, um, so the title comes from that piece. Uh, so it's a Trinity cantata. Um, actually, all of these cantatas are for um, various Sundays after Trinity. Um, there were no, of course, we're in Lent right now, um, <laughs> but there there was no uh, concerted music, so no music with instruments during Lent uh, in Leipzig. Uh, so we wouldn't, we'd be hard pressed to find a Lenten cantata. So, uh, but these these cantatas have at least to some degree uh, Lenten themes of. Uh, repentance uh, and sort of preparation, being along the way, uh, following Christ, discipleship, uh, all those sorts of themes that we associate with uh, with Lent. It'd be a rough time to be like an 
a musician who hmm. plays an instrument, you're like laid off for the season of Lent. Like, <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why we weren't doing Lent ones. That just answered that makes my sense, question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I learned something. <laughs> I, let's talk more about these uh the significance of these cantatas. You talked about uh, 95 and you uh, mentioned that there are no specific Lent cantatas because mm -hmm. of the, the penitential season. Mm -hmm. um, tell me more about how they fit together. You mentioned that some of the, the theme among them. Right. Um, well, when I design these programs, uh, it's, you know, it's, there's an aspect of it that, that is, uh, that is really intuitive. Um, I mean, there's also this desire to come up with an arc, that uh, an expressive art arc, and uh, you know, a theological and idea arc that that makes uh, sense, whether it's perceivable to everyone or not, is you know less of a concern <laughs> to me than that. That it makes sense to me. Uh, hopefully, it translates outwards that people uh, will, will grasp it as well. And I try to say a few words about that in the in my program notes. Um, as space allows. Um, so I, anyway, in this case, it, it, the, it often will start with one piece that I, that I really want to do. In this case, it started with 95. That's the cantata I really wanted to perform in and, and do perform with this, with this group of folks. And, um, and from there, it, it sort of went outward. So 95 is in the middle of the program. And uh, from there, I, I wanted to find something that would have... Um, a bit more and uh, be a little bit more of a dramatic piece not that 95 isn't dramatic but something that would have a little bit more of a i suppose maybe a, a darker theme to it or uh um yeah something that would have a that would enable a, sort of a progression toward the light if you might say uh and so i came up with this with cantata 47 uh, uh which in in english would translate as uh uh, who exalts himself will be humbled and the next part of the the title the, of the of the the opening movement of the cantata is uh, is um who humbles himself will be exalted so you get these this sort of these two things uh in apposition right there um and the whole opening movement's about that. So it's about humility and, you know, versus pride and uh that as part of, you know, the you know, the trajectory of of the of the Christian uh you know, toward through life, toward um moving away from uh, you know, self uh indulgence, self concern and all that sort of thing, pride. Um <clears throat> And then the 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 other bookend of the program is Cantata of seventeen, which is um uh, another Trinity cantata, as you might imagine, it's, in English, it's "Who offers thanks praises me," and the gospel for that day would have been the uh, the story of the ten lepers who are healed. Uh, you know, Jesus tells them to go show themselves, and along the way to the priests, and then along the way they are they are healed. Uh, and of the ten, only one runs back, and he does. I mean, he comes back with, with enthusiasm and uh, thanks Christ, and you know, falls at his feet. Uh, and uh, so, th this whole cantata is about is is about thankfulness, really. So again, there's that. Uh, so it's like a, an arc from uh, crying out to to Christ to praising and thanking. So. Where are you hoping that, that the audience, uh, I don't know, ends up at, at the end of the concert? Yeah, well, the, 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 I think the final chorale of, of 17 is, um, it's really a beautiful evocation of, uh, 
just the the gentle love of uh, of God as Father, um, and truly the sort of the it's it ends almost in a lullaby like way. Um, it's a it's a the chorale tune is which is not typically in three four uh, is cast in in three four time, uh, and the gentleness of that and the again that's that's the meter you associate with with lullabies, whether it's three four or some kind of triple meter, uh, it has that gentle gentle feel to it, and so just hopefully that people walk away, uh, having sensed you know what what that love uh, might be like, just how gentle and simple it can be as well as tremendous in another way. So, yeah. So yeah. So. Th- on a personal note, uh, the, the chorales are, I think, always my favorite part to sing out of out of all of this beautiful music. Um, they 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 tend to stick with you a little bit, and sometimes um, uh, maybe because it's the the tunes can be familiar uh, tunes out of our hymnal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when you read through the the text mm-hmm. in English or German, if you know German, it's I don't know mm-hmm. they they tend to stick with you a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean. Uh... I think the neat thing about these cantatas and the I think the special thing about them is that they they do end with these familiar cantatas. Some folks have suggested that the that these would have been sung by the congregation. I actually don't think that's probably true. Um however, what you can say is given that they end with at least a lot of them end with a straight four-part chorale, um the text would have been immediately intelligible to the mm-hmm. uh, to the uh, to the the congregants, and they would have felt more maybe more personally engaged, as if at least inwardly they were singing along, if mm. not outwardly. So yeah. I think it just brings things uh, to a much more personal level at the at the end, and and straightforward. Oftentimes, you know, it's like yeah. that, that's the out of the the opening movement is vast, almost always, and mm-hmm. enormous in idea, and it's as if it just kind of narrows its focus toward the end yeah so there's so many cantatas that we could sing uh so many things that that could go into these programs what what do you learn from going through that process of of figuring out the the arc of the program and and uh, shuffling through cantatas and and piecing all this together Hmm. not to put you on the spot (laughs) what did i learn Well, I, well, I'm always amazed by the the extraordinary variety that there is in this music. Um, that he, yes, there is sort of an overall shape for these cantatas that he somewhat adheres to. You know, chorus, um, recit, aria, chorale in some way, shape, or form. Although, but every single time he writes a cantata, it's different. Not every cantata starts with a chorus. Some start with a recitative or an aria. Um, and only end with a chorale. Some of them have a chorales interspersed in the middle. Or like in 95, there's a, there's, there are two chorales in the opening movement interrupted by a restative, a tenor restative that breaks in and out of ariosos. So that this the incredible variety of, of utterance is, uh, uh, and it's always at the service of the of the text and of the idea that he's trying to to that he is trying to convey something that he perceives in the text, and it's almost al- always uh, unexpected. You know, he'll very often sort of turn a text on its head. So a particular example of that would be, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in. Uh, cantata 17, oh, unless I'm getting the cantata wrong, but it's uh, the cantata is all about uh, th- this uh, one aria uh, for bass is all about Jesus bowing the heart uh, 
through his with his strong arm. So it's got very strong language, and mm-hmm. you kind of would expect something that would have vigor and and muscle to it. Uh, instead, it's quite gentle. It's and you would expect per, perhaps something in the minor mode, with you know that would be on the jagged side. Instead, it's a very lyrical aria in the major mode with two violins, a very delicate texture, a quartet of instrument uh, of instrument and voice, so two. Uh, you know, two, two solo instruments, the, the bass voice and the and the continual part. Uh, again, completely unexpected. He adds tension in it by subtle means through chromaticism or extra um, or imitation that that just suggests a little, uh, as I said, a little more tension. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, just the the setting itself is is uh, free, generous. Uh, Again, just a little, uh, little thing that I, uh, well, what I take from that is that it enriches my understanding of, you know, how God also works with, with us, in us. Um, um, so, yeah. one thing. We are just about out of time. I want to make sure we share the details so, yes. so friends can join us. Absolutely. Yes, for the Contrai, the uh, American Contrai concert coming up Sunday, March 17th. Yes, 3 o'clock. St. Paul Lutheran Church uh, in De Pere on Manchester. Uh, and something that we want to make sure people know is that uh, there is construction in the parking lot, so there will be a shuttle from the north parking lot and from the Edward Jones parking garage. So fear not. And it begins at 2 o'clock, and it will end at 6 o'clock. So uh-huh, there will be, don't, do not fear if you have to park far away. There will be a <laughs> shuttle. It's, it's also free admission. So come, everyone. Hear us sing. It'll be beautiful. Dr. Marie Spoyer, <laughs> thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks so much, Andy and Sarah. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.